Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. When this program was really good in the early 50s and early 60s. Can we not <laughs> reference an era where Chris and I might not have been allowed to go to the same Bro, high school? That's when the Board of Education that outlawed regula- <laughs> segregation of schools in 1954. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Marshawn Bochamp's jersey in the rafters at Pfizer Forum. <laughs> but seriously, I'm a little bit excited about uh, our upcoming sophomore player for the Milwaukee Bucks, Marshawn Bochamp. He is lighting up the Summer League mat with some highlights. He had a move where he threw the ball off the backboard, caught it, and dunked it. It was not like a fast break. He got stopped, pump fake. Lane was open, threw it off the glass, grabbed it, and dunked it. <laughs> that was so sick. He definitely has a style of play that bodes well. He's very smooth. He's getting stronger. Like a guy that, hey, this player looks like an NBA basketball player. And that's what you want out of a year two guy in Summer League. Summer League is kind of like Mad Max. You got a bunch <laughs> of dudes desperately trying to make an impression to make a roster. You got some old vets like Jabari Parker was supposed to be playing for the Bucks in this. He couldn't last minute. You got some vets just trying to make a name for themselves or trying to get back in the league. And then you have uh, just a bunch of just randos. And there's no following out. So it can get nuts. But <laughs> I hack do, away. Right, yeah. But Bochamp is standing out, and that's what you want. He looks like a more he looks like a polished professional player, which is what you want out of a guy who's a second year player playing in the Mad Max Thunderdome. Yeah. So he looks like he uh, is something to be excited about. I'm optimistic, if you will, Matt, actually about the Bucks overall. Yeah. Uh, their offseason moves with uh, adding Beasley from Minnesota, who was a guard from Florida State a few years ago. Shoots the ball better, or as well as Grayson Allen. I think he's a better overall basketball player. Maybe makes Grayson a little expendable. Marshawn Bochamp blowing up. Allows them to limit minutes for Chris. You can play Pat Coddington and Chris Middleton a little bit less. Play Bochamp a little bit more. They brought back Bobby. They brought back Lopez. They just need a backup point guard, and they're going to be in good position here. So I'm optimistic about the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Brewers, I'm kind of just meh on <laughs> at this point in the season. Like I don't think they're a good baseball team, but I do think like if they were in any other division, no. Not going to happen. Right In this division, who knows? Playoffs, baby. Possibly you can win the division <laughs> and get smoked in the first round. But the Green Bay Packers are a team that I don't really know exactly how you'd qualify me. I've never been an optimist. I don't enjoy it, even for my own teams. Because, and I know I just said I am for the Bucks, but like optimist in the fact that like I think they're going to have a good season. Not optimist like I think they're going to win the title. I don't like to set myself up for failure because winning a title – Getting all the way to the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl, the World Series, it's really damn hard. So for me, I just want to be able to enjoy the season for as long as possible. And I think the Bucks are going to have a better season next, se- la- next season than they did this last season. Yeah. I don't know I can say that about the Green Bay Packers. And Alex Strofe, uh, we're going to get to in a second here because he did State of the Packers with Jason Wildey and Gabe Knight. So that was on ESPN Wisconsin Live from Summerfest. This is is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Matt, if the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's crush 
Coors Light. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio, and we're going to talk Packers today. Are you a realist? Are you a optimist? Or are you a pessimist? And Alex, <laughs> this came about because the three of you ended up having a group therapy session. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what it is for me. This is the second year I've done this show live from Summerfest. It, 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 last year was very therapeutic, right? Because I, I, you know, I, I thought this was a Super Bowl team. Jason kind of talked me down, but I still had high hopes. What were your hopes at the end of that show? Um, ten what are your hopes ten going and, into the show? 10-7 se- and seven last year we're talking? Like yeah. 10-7 and seven win the division playoff team. Okay. Going into the show? Before uh, talking to Wilde? 14 and 3, <laughs> Super Bowl champs, third straight MVP for Rodgers. Gotcha. This year, I, I, I obviously knew going in, right? So many question marks, unproven talent, going to be a really wacky ride. None of us can really have a good feel on what this team will be. However, Wilde, unlike most people in the world, has a pretty good feel of what this team can be. And he is a realist, um, not a fan, as he always tells us. And he just made me feel like a pile of crap, pretty much. Um, you know, like, he's like, yeah, like 6-11 and 11 is what we're kicking around, for a record, right? I think that's kind of the conclusion me, Gabe, and Jason came to on Saturday was 6-11 was and 11 seems realistic if, if love is competent. And that's, but that's the biggest question mark. And that's a horrible question mark. Is your quarterback competent? Um, so that's that's what we kind of landed on, and that was. Uh, but it's a great show. You can find a green, green and gold fix podcast on Wisconsin Demand wherever you get your podcast. Two hours. We go every over every position group and kind of have an at large conversation with the Packers. Really fun show. Well, the crazier part is when you talk about is your quarterback competent, and when you're talking about a young QB, does he look competent every game? Like yeah. he might look competent in some games, and they have a chance to win, and they still lose. And he might look like horse crap in other games, and they get smoked, and they lose those games. That's why I do feel like, for me, a realistic view of the Green Bay Packers season is that six, maybe seven wins. I do not, I would not bet on the Packers winning more games this season than they did last season. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on that. I think I think that's a good realist view, especially considering. I think the realist view you got to go with Vegas. Whatever Vegas is. Line is should be the realest view because they're the professionals, right? They're trying to look at it through unbiased eyes and set the fairest line. So, I think what does Vegas have the Packers at in the division right now? I think it's like six and a half wins, maybe seven. I think it's seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half wins. I think that is a spot on realist view. I think in a very optimistic world, to say you know things break right for the Packers the way they did for the Vikings, I think 10, 11 wins is. The imp- is is possible. I think there's a couple, there's a handful of games that I just don't think the Packers are going to be able to win. But just to that point, and I'll, it's not like what happened with the Vikings. It's like an either or thing. It doesn't mean you're going to lose all those games or win all those games. That doesn't happen every year. That's why it right. stood out with the Vikings that like 100%. yes, that could happen and they could win ten games. But if you're running a simulation, that's maybe a five percent chance that happens right. because it is rare. And that was the only time ever a team had won in many one-score games as the Minnesota Vikings did last yeah. year. To your point that it could happen. I mean, the the Packers the year before had like seven, and I thought that was remarkable. That uh, 2001 Packers season, I think the Packers had a handful of uh, very close games, but the Packers had won all of those close ones, or, or had a very good record in those close ones. Here are the current betting odds from FanDuel for the NFC North. Uh, tied for last place, the over-under line is the Bears and the Packers, both 7.5 over-under uh, wins this season. 
The Vikings uh, take second in the division, eight and a half wins over under. Wow. And the, and the Lions, the Lions are flat the favorite. Nine, nine over under, flat nine. Again, what did they win? Eight games last year, the Lions? They won no, nine. They won they nine. Won nine. That's right. They won nine Packers games. Won they won nine games last year. They finished strong and they added some key free agents and, and, and added two first round picks and I believe two second round picks. So, like, it's not crazy to think that. Yes, maybe they caught a little bit of lightning in the bottle, but they also got substantially better last mm-hmm. year. And they kept their offensive coordinator who was being brought in. You know, a lot of teams wanted to hire him as a head coach. He turned down those jobs or turned down the opportunity to interview for them. So that feels about right to me, honestly. Yeah. The, the fan duel numbers feel about right to me. The Packers and Bears are peers now. One of them could take off. They both could be exactly where um, I don't they think are right both now. of them cover or both of them. I think you're going to see an either or. You're going to see either the Packers are going to cover that spread and the Bears won't, or the Bears will cover the spread and the Packers. It won't. could come down to the last game of the year as who covers that spread. I- yeah. I'm curious, what's your juice level at each of you for week number one? It's obviously Bears Packers in Chicago. It's a fun rivalry, and, and Jim, you just used the term more equals than maybe they have been in the last what 15 years. Yeah. Thirty. Is your juice level as a Bears fan higher than normal for that week one matchup? Probably. I don't. I don't like Bears Packers Week One. Just be, I don't like rival games Week One. Just because, especially now, both these teams are still so different from they were last year, and I it's it's going to be such like a hodgepodge, and it's going to be hard to be a real. Um, I would say take a lot from it. For an example, what did the Bears play the Packers last year Week Two? Yeah, I think it was two. at Lambeau Field. Yep. Remember, the Bears took the Packers in the fourth quarter, and they had a touchdown called back for Fields that would have brought that game within one score. So the Bears like hung around a little bit, mm-hmm. but the Bears were a three-win football team. Right. So that, they were closer in that game than they were talent-wise because the game was so early, in my opinion. So yeah. like some of these games, from where they play, I don't love that when they rival so early. Like I would love there's it if no, you, There's no film on anybody yet, so those these early games are like the equalizers. But they're also the at. most important games. So I'd rather see... like. Like uh, Green Bay open up against I don't know who's on their schedule this year, but like open up against a team that's out of conference, like mm-hmm. Carolina, right? Like you just open up against a team that if you like they had before, like New Orleans. Well, like game I, two is against Atlanta. That would so have been a great start. It, yeah. If even if you just flipped it to open up, even if you want Atlanta, New Orleans, and then Chicago, like yeah. give it a little time for these teams to settle before you get into conference play. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of love it. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I, I, to your point, it just feels like more of an even matchup. And there's a lot of question marks with both of these teams, right? And I just I have no idea what the hell my expectations are for the Packers. I, I have a good idea of what they are for the Bears, right? I think they're somewhere between like a 5-8 and eight win team. For the Packers, they could legitimately be anywhere between like 3-10. and 10, uh, Probably closer to 3-10, than 10, but I, I don't know. I think, I think they're the same. I think that's your optimism coming out. I... Because if probably, I wanted to probably. sell myself, I could say, oh, the Bears could get to 10. Yeah, and they could, right. but there's yeah, probably a less than 20% chance that either one of these teams get to 10. But like, so that's why I say that they are similar teams. We, we talked about it on Friday, Jimmy. You posted on Threads the new social sensation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you said, you know, my, my bold prediction is essentially Justin Fields will win an MVP before he retires. Yeah. Could that be this year? No. But M- maybe. <laughs> like, but but would, if we were talking a year ago about Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. he took second place in MVP voting last year. Yep. I don't think any of us would have sat here and been like, yeah, he's the guy this year, right? And, and yeah, Justin he definitely Fields, wasn't a favorite. Fields is – I hate admitting this out no, loud. No, don't – you can't do this to me. I no. have to. I have to jinx it. I, I, uh, he, is so, he has shown some flashes. He's got some weapons on that offense now. 
this could be a playoff team if everything goes right. And that's obviously saying a lot. Everything goes right. Now, again, I maintain if Chicago or Green <laughs> Bay becomes a playoff team this year, it's because the NFC North is the NL Central. I love that comparison. And they all could, they, I don't know if it mathematically work out. They all could win nine games. You know, like, <laughs> like and, and what Jimmy, it's just going to be. I, I feel a, a division of nine and eight. I, I think this is the NFC North, or excuse me, NFC South from a year ago, which uh, eight and nine the Bucks were, and they made the playoffs. Yeah. They won the division. I, I agree. I honestly, Detroit's the one outlier. They're the one team, in my opinion, that really feels like they could be a truly double digit win team, like in their realistic yeah. win. <laughs> I understand your point on Minnesota. But, but they're look, definitely on the decline. Well, I don't. It's how, how much of a step back are they going to take? I mean, they obviously losing Cook and I, Thielen and Thielen. Not that Zadarius was big, but I don't think Zadarius is in he Minnesota left, yep. anymore. Like they definitely lost some players, and I could see the Minnesota is the wildest team to me, Matt, because I could see Minnesota winning division or finishing dead last and winning like five games. Yeah, they might. They Strofe, you were talking about how like the Packers, they're. Uh, their potential for what they could final record could be. Minnesota might have the biggest spread of everybody in the North, just because. I agree. I think they have I the talent to be the best team, but they also they're the Vikings. They could but, be the worst team. But you got it exactly right. But the, the way I view it, and we talked about this a little bit on Saturday. Wildey made a really good point on it. Is like it's like they're almost rebuilding after a thirteen win season because they understand they weren't a thirteen win good like level team, right? And. You know, the, the way that they've let Zadarius walk and Thielen walk, and now they might trade Daniil Hunter, it's it's just Cook. odd to me. right? Dalvin Cook they cut. It's it's very strange how they're operating after winning the division, having one of the best records in the entire league, and failing, obviously, in the playoffs. But for being a 13-win team a year ago, to make all these odd moves, I just don't know what they're doing. I What they're doing is trying to get it so they can try to reset as quick as possible. Reset the books like yeah. in 24? Because well, they're think, not sure what they're going to do with Kirk. I think they're, they're very sure what they're going to do yeah, with Kirk. Yeah, I think he's I gone. Think, I think if they could have gotten out from this year, it's just too big of a contract, they would have. Like I think they're they're resetting this thing. They're going to go no, in. Uh, no, I certainly think they're resetting and trying to get a, to get a quarterback, but you're, they're trying to get his contract figured out and then decide whether they're going to throw a rookie on, into the fire or give Kirk another one-year deal. I, I think I think the writing's on the wall. Now, Kirk could save his job this year, but I think right. it's he's remember this nobody in this front office picked him. It's, it's not the quarterback for this offense. And, and so like That's been the story of Kirk Cousins' kind well, of career I agree. though, right? Well, and Kirk Cousins <laughs> won't be done. Someone else will happily take him. Right. But I just think in Minnesota the writing's probably on the wall there. A little bit like, look what happened with Tannehill. Will we, will we plant? I mean, Tannehill, if you're in Tennessee and you follow that team, it's not surprising that they're probably going to either cut or just not play Tannehill and right. then move on from the following year. And he was a starter for basically all of last year, most yeah. of it. So that's at times you just have these guys. Again, that's why I go back to this is the make or break year for Jordan Love because if he's meh, he, they're going to get someone who could replace him next year. And if they draft the guy to replace him, that guy already has the competitive advantage. This is a make-or-break year for Jordan Love. Maybe he should go to Carbon World Health. Uh, that way he can get in better shape, look like Justin Fields. Because Justin <laughs> Fields clearly goes to the Carbon World Health. Uh, no, here's the thing. If you have weight loss goals and you've been putting in the work and you've been trying to, to lose weight the traditional way, count, you know, watching your calories and working out, that's great. But sometimes maybe you need a kickstart. And that's where semi-glutide can come in. Uh, you can take semi-glutide, the only... Uh, FDA-approved weight loss treatment out there. It's simple. It's safe. Dr. Nestor Rodriguez can show you how it works and if it's right for you. 
And if you keep up working out and you keep up a good diet, you will lose weight. I've dropped over 25, nearly 30 pounds. My body fat percentage is down to 8.7. I did that on Friday. So go to uh, Carbon World Health and start your weight loss journey. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Poll question. Do you think the Green Bay Packers will win more or less games than last year? And I guess, Matt, we're also having a discussion about realist versus pessimist and where do you kind of fall on this? You get into the show, 844-770-3776. Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light Live from the Everlight Solar Studio. And, Matt, I would say that I think all of us... Well, you're probably the optimist of the group in general. I wouldn't say... In general. For the Green Bay Packers this year, I think for the Green Bay Packers this year, Alex Strofe is the optimist of the group. And I just try to do my best to be a realist. And I would like to point out, if anyone's listening, go, oh, Bears fan, whatever. I was the closest to the Green Bay Packers record last year in a realistic view. Just because I, and yes, I was off on the Bears. I thought they'd win five games. They won three. So, uh, again, I had them in the right tier. And, when, you know, they were not <laughs> going to be a good tier. football team. Yes. And I think Packer fans going into this year looking for more of the idea of what can we get out, what can we find morsels of to be excited for going forward? Like, can Romeo Dobbs show some more flashes and develop, even if it's not statistically? Can Christian Watson, even if it doesn't match the touchdown total, can he look like a more complete receiver this year? Can Musgrave and Kraft look like ascending players? And I think these all can be true, but I think it's also really hard to win a football game in the NFL, especially when you don't have Aaron Charles Rodgers, Matt Hamilton. So I wanted to to look into this, but let's hear uh, from the uh, uh, Jason Wildey, the uh, State of the Union from Saturday. And I want to hear first, (laughs) State of the Packers, excuse me, the realist versus optimistic take from uh, Jason Wilde. Let me just say this. I think I am a realist. Oh, I do 100%. not think I am a oh, pessimist. For sure. No, for sure. And I think there is a, a, an incredible amount of optimism that is based solely, you know, the definition of faith is belief in things unseen. And, yes, you got nine passes from Jordan Love. You also got the Kansas City performance that in Match Diamond's story in The Athletic, Goody basically dismissed as a poorly coached, poorly planned game. Uh, you also got the second half in Detroit of the season finale a couple years ago. And if we're being honest, uh, Jordan Love has not given us enough to have the level of optimism that a certain portion of the fan base has. But God bless them. Go ahead and be optimistic. I just want to be clear. I'm not a pessimist here. I think they're going to be really good in 2024. I think they're going to struggle in 2023. And I think that's a realistic look at it, and that's assuming that Jordan Love is... A good, at least a capable NFL quarterback. Because if he's not, then you're going to struggle even worse in 2024. But I yeah. think realistically, let's just take it, let's just shoot down the middle for love. There has not been massive flashes. There has not been the scolding buzz around Jordan Love as there was around Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love was not the prospect coming out of college that Aaron Rodgers was. These are not apples-to-apples comparisons. Realistically, 
more often than not, even first-round quarterbacks are going to bust out and be good. Right. And so if he's average, he's already been more productive than most NFL first-round quarterbacks. <laughs> and so and to, to that point, and this is the part that reminds me the most of the Bears in this part, the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion, have done Jordan Love a disservice as far as his ability to grow as a pass catcher. And Wildy had something to say. He didn't say this part of it, but he did point out that Favre had Sterling Sharp and Aaron Rodgers had Donald Driver. Brett had Sterling. Aaron had Donald. We don't have that guy this year. To hell, and, and, I th- and I think that's huge for the development of Jordan Love as well because these guys are also developing. So if they end up being in the wrong spots... That's going to affect Jordan Love's development right? as well. Right. Not having absolutely zero veteran pass catchers, somebody who's not on a rookie contract yep. on the roster. So, uh, Wildy has thrown his voice, apparently, to sound like Gabe Neitzel. Yeah. What I'm is going on? Uh, yeah, that's on me, guys. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't cut this audio. It was just in the system Didn't already. bother to listen to it either? It's, it says, now, I remember this conversation. I remember you Gabe saying it. You were on the show. It. I remember Gabe saying the fuck, it. Just I, passing the buck. I, I just figured <laughs> that... Uh, that Wildy may have reiterated it, and that's why it was cut. It says right next to me, Brett Sterling, Aaron Donald, Wildy is what it says. Those are the five words in the in the cut. So sorry Goodness. about that. Well, I did hear Wildy at the very end of it, so I guess kind of counts, a, right? In order there. Well, before we get to the last cut, let's confirm maybe off air who is speaking in the last one. But <laughs> the Matt, what do you take of that? Where I guess I'm saying that Jordan Love is being done a disservice because. I don't know why the Packers are waiting on this, or, or at least they could have done something more. Because Jalen Hurts, we talked about the big jump he made. Why did he make that big jump? He got a little better, but he also got A.J. Brown. Yeah. Josh Allen made a big jump. Stephon Diggs. What do the Bears do this year with Justin Fields when they're hoping he makes a big jump? I mean, DJ Moore. DJ Moore with that first round trade, or yes. first pick overall yes. trade. Yes. So yeah. most teams, when they have, and let's not forget, Jordan Love is further along in his career than any of those guys were at this point. Right. So I think the clock is already ticking on Jordan Love because you got to start paying him quickly. You have to know immediately. Like You can't dink around with Jordan Love and try to have him develop a little slower because you don't have that kind of time with his contract. Because if he's good this year, you're just going to have to pay him next year. Like you think he, If Jordan Love, let's say he goes and balls out, he's going to say immediately, pay me or I'm not showing up on his contract. Because it's a really bad contract for a really good quarterback next year. I mean, and they will pay him happily because yeah, they will. But that means that all of a sudden they have to pay him. But he, but then again, that's still only one year's worth. Approach. I don't like the approach if I'm a Packers fan. This approach, I and again, not apples to oranges. So I don't want you to jump down my throat here. But there is a similar uh, situation for a very elite football team that has yeah. very young wide receivers and a young quarterback. If you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they had T. Higgins, which was young, wasn't really necessarily a veteran by the time that Joe Burrow got there, I think a year later. No, nope, uh, same year. Same year. And then Jamar Chase, obviously a teammate of Joe Burrow, so they had a little built-in chemistry. There, There is something to be said about two, like going in – and these guys are going to have to learn it together. There's not going to be necessarily necessarily this like, you know, Jedi Master Padawan kind of thing going on. It's going to be two guys that are or three guys in this case with Dobbs and, and Love going through this playbook and trying to learn together and hopefully going over tape and saying 
this was my mistake here. I wasn't where I needed to be, or you didn't put the ball where it needed to be. There's going to be some growth together, and if they can kind of go in and really be equals and think of each other as equals and grow together kind of the way that I feel uh, Joe Burrow did with these guys that were drafted with him amongst him and his peers, he's going to – he might be able to develop into a decent quarterback. You Just because veterans are around in a lot of different teams, that's, that's just because players are still going to be good and there's always new players coming in. I don't think there's a hard truth that you need a veteran to be good. It definitely – there is definitely knowledge that can be imparted, but I think the Packers – see this as an opportunity for their wide receiving core to grow with their quarterback as opposed to one being the mentor for the other. Okay, but that's just... All right, let's just go through it. Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. number one overall pick. Right? I, 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 let me, let me, I you asked said you not piece. to jump down my no, throat, I'm not. and I said it's not uh, you apples said to oranges. It's, not, it's, not, it's apples to vegetables. You said your piece. Now I'm just going <laughs> to point it. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to contradict it a little bit. Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. One of the top QB prospects in all of football the last few years. Totally. Uh, okay. So, worth pointing out, T. Higgins, uh, his first year, so when they won the Super Bowl the following year, but his first year he caught 67 passes. Jamar Chase, though, fifth overall pick. Christian Watson, not fifth overall not pick. Not fifth overall. Already 25 years old. Romeo Dobbs, not, a fir- not fifth overall pick. Was he fifth round? And then also, that team had A.J. Green. You know him. Yeah. And they had Drew Sample at tight end who caught 40 passes. So they also had Tyler Board, Boyd, excuse me, who caught 79 passes, a proven professional wide receiver. So, so I mean, that's why like it's I said, not. So to your point, they, they didn't have, but wait, it's not close. They didn't have A.J. Brown and Stephon Diggs, but they had exponentially far more proven pass catchers. Those are all Joe Burrow's rookie year. That's 2020. That's right. his rookie year, let alone. But again, the point being, they allowed Joe and those guys to grow together because Joe had the contract to be able to grow with that. They don't have that with with Jordan. They have to like they have to figure it out. when they when they start paying Jordan, they can't pay wide receivers. Then that's where it gets really hard. That's what happened with Aaron and Devontae. Yeah, I mean it's and, gonna it's gonna be interesting because the Packers right now the bottom for your mid to just above mid level quarterback. I'm looking at Daniel Jones at forty five forty three million dollars. A year, like, and that's a good comp because I don't. But that's really what know you got to hope. Like, if Jordan Love doesn't turn out to be that, we're moving forward. Like, at some point, if we're gonna have to pay a quarterback a second contract, the the bottom is gonna be forty five million dollars a year. I'm asking this because it just surprised the hell out of me. Do you know Daniel Jones? Now, again, Packer fans don't like to count rushing touchdowns conveniently or rushing yards conveniently, but Daniel Jones is a passer. Last year, and this surprised me. So I'm not trying to get you. Do you know what his numbers were? I think he had a he had an awesome season. It was prove it years to right. get this contract. I probably had like at least I would say at minimum like thirty eight to four thousand yards, three thousand two hundred five yards, fifteen touchdowns. <laughs> That's not cr- what are the rushing in? Well, again, well, no Packer fans don't like to count rushing. I'm stats. asking no, about no, it. No, you know, Packer Here's fans don't thing. want to count rushing Until- stats. Rushing quarterbacks don't matter. You can't count the stats. If Jordan Love wants to rush and he scores a stats, no, you can't I'm count your stats. No, when we talk quarterbacks, I can cherry pick when I want, Jim. When we talk Packer fans with quarterbacks, running stats don't matter. You don't understand Until this. Until Packer quarterbacks run. 
But when they do run, that's when I'm going to start counting them. Nope. They don't Jim, count. They Jim. don't count. What? They don't count. It's time to be mature. Buddy. Yeah, I'm going to move the goalposts. I move goalposts. Like, it's more of like you're, you're both allowed to do it, Jim. You're both allowed to move goalposts. But I would like to point out, like that's not like that's not great. Again, just the world that you're living in as a Packer fan now. Honestly, that, that money, fifteen <laughs> touchdowns and thirty-two hundred yards. Fifteen touchdowns. That honestly sounds pretty darn close to what you might be looking at with Jordan Love this year, because you're going to be pounding the rock with your running backs because you have them, because you have them, and those are the the proven parts so, of your offense. If we are going to count rushing stats, if you want to be one of those, uh, <laughs> let's pretend we are for fun. All right, seven hundred eight yards rushing, and then seven touchdowns. This said twenty-two total. No, What's this that? was Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. I, he's well, what Fields I'm thinking. Way better than that. Daniel Russia. Jones is what I'm yeah, hoping. Like, if he got a contract like that, is that good enough for Packer fans? Like, if if Jordan Love turned out to be a Daniel Jones, are we thrilled? So, Matt, what are the brilliant, most brilliant things you've ever said on this program? Which is not many things. But <laughs> one of the most brilliant short list, things. really short list. Uh, was last year? You know, was, I think it was about November. You said the worst case scenario for the Packers the rest of the year is to get hot, we don't see Jordan Love, and we miss the playoffs by a game, which is exactly what happened. Right. You, you Nostradamus did. Nostra, <laughs> Nostra Hamilton. And the worst-case scenario this year is, or, or next year in, in that case, is Jordan Love is just fine or good, but not good enough, like Daniel yeah. Jones was a year ago for the Giants. Daniel that, Jones is your worst-case scenario. One million percent. Right, because... He'll command a contract, but you know he's not good enough to get it done. No, I, I that's what I'm saying. I totally agree with that. But you got to think next year, if Jordan Love has Daniel Jones' season last year, it's probably going to require a contract. 22 all purpose touchdowns yeah. and 40, what, what was it, 4,100 yards in total no, between the rushing under, and passing? Just under four. He was at 32 oh, yeah, and then 700. And 700 yeah. So, I mean, Honestly, those numbers though for the Packers, especially the the scheme we're gonna have with all the running, is that's probably realistic numbers for as a realist as me doing the realist show today. Yeah. I think that's like a pretty you'd be pretty happy as a Packer fan. Do you know but like those numbers are uh, running the football for Daniel Jones are pretty elite. And I don't know what kind of runner um Jordan Love is, but He's I mobile. Mean, he's not that mobile. Justin Fields kind of skewed it with what he did. Like running for seven hundred yards is really good for a running for, for a quarterback. quarterback yeah. yeah, and Daniel Jones kind of runs like uh, Josh Allen. Like we'll put his head down and run someone over. He's he's not necessarily like a Deke the guy. He's not Lamar Jackson out there. He's, if we are counting rushing yeah. touchdowns, then you know Justin Fields had more than Daniel what Jones. What does Deke the guy mean? <laughs> Juke. Deke. Deke is a term. Hey yeah, you've never heard. Triple Deke. Deke. It's more of a hockey hey term, now. I think. Yeah, but Deke still works. Triple hey Deke. The, Have you uh, ever watched the Mighty Ducks? Yeah, my, Mighty Ducks. You gotta give him the old Triple Deke. Oh hey my now. gosh, he's such a child. But a quick side note. <laughs> you you played some hockey. Yeah. Triple Deke doesn't really seem like it would work. <laughs> like well, It's done very slow. It's not... Very... Okay, that movie was super slow. Like, pros do the Triple Deke. Like, not, right. Maybe not triple, right. but they do some sort of like Deke all the time. It's right. literally uh, just yeah. moving your puck yeah. left to right. Yeah, like, but this kid's like... Oh, in the movie, oh, yeah, it's hard to so the left, slow. Hard to the right, hard to the left. You get Alex. Out. Even if you did it in fast motion, like, obviously they slow it down, but still, you're like, I got it, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got this code it cracked. Work. It yeah. would work. 
Why is what you don't know what Deacon is? Well, Deacon doesn't sound dirty. That sounds dirtier than Triple Deke. Hey now, <laughs> Matt. Uh, I know that uh, when you're out there, Deacon, you like to wear your Iron Jock gear. Absolutely. That's because Iron Jock is Wisconsin's finest apparel company. Uh, It's made from the inside out. Like all of their wonderful products, it's made of the -the state-of-the-art silver ion technology that's guaranteed to keep you feeling fresh and provide odor-fighting protection for as long as you own the garment. They provide the highest quality fabrics and construction designed for an active, comfortable fit. It's great for golfing. It's great for working out. It's good for just chilling out and doing a radio show with your buds. Whatever situation you might be in, Iron Jock is the apparel for you. <laughs> you can visit ironjock.com to get your Iron Jock apparel today. Um, I got a code for you. <laughs> you come up with a code. That's ironjoc.com, and you can use code... You can buy two, get one free. You use the code SSTshirts. So buy two, get one free with the code SSTshirts. Again, ironjock.com. This is Roger Hamilton. I was just for the code. Sorry. Presented by Coors Light. <laughs> You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Aaron had Donald. Don't have that guy this year. To hell, and, and, I th- and I think that's huge for the development of Jordan Love as well, because these guys are also developing. So if they end up being in the wrong spots, that's going to affect Jordan Love's development right? as well. Right. Not having absolutely zero veteran pass catchers, somebody who's not on a rookie contract yep. on the roster. Gabe Knight's there speaking truth. You guys are probably more willing to listen to him since he's a Packer fan as well, but. Again, I and wait. he's awesome. <laughs> I he is awesome. Really good at golf. Super he's really good, good at, at golf, golf, which is super cool. Sure, <laughs> but the thing is, I I saw this last year, and again, it goes back to, and I know you used the outlier with the Bengals, but that situation still wasn't true because they still uh, had Taj Boyd and AJ Green and a and sample a proven tight end, so they had guys you who mean knew Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Taj Sorry. Boyd was that quarterback at Clemson. Sorry, yeah, yeah Tyler Boyd. So, Boyd. What happened to him? Play for the Bengals, wide receiver. Uh, (laughs) Changed his first name, too. So, but they had proven pass catchers and more than what the Packers have currently. Like, as much as we like what Watson did, he's never going to be. And I mean, it was what, a six game stretch, seven game stretch where he was like, and it wasn't in a row. You're a great wide receiver. I would say stretch. Five games in a row. It was like maybe four or five, and then it was one or two games off, and he had another great one. Right. Like, he, he had a really good second half of the season, but he's also. I don't think he's ever going to be Devontae or even Donald Driver as far as the route-running precision. Like He yeah. seems like an explosive player that is going to be really good and a great value pick at uh, a second-round pick, but he's also 25 years old with a body that can get dinged. So I don't know if he's going to project to be... And again, this is not yeah. knocking him. Devontae Adams is maybe still the best wide receiver in all of football. Right. right? And so, But that, that said, Jim, I had... Not high hopes at all for Devontae, especially given his injury history. I thought his first couple years, it looked like he was kind of had the drops. So, like, 
I don't want to go out and make that judgment on Christian Watson because I was so. But wrong I'm not on saying Devontae. he won't be good. I'm saying that they're a different type of player. Uh, here's uh, Devontae. Jim, I didn't is... even think Devontae was going to be like good. Good. Okay. He turned out to be maybe the best wide receiver in football. That's fine. But Devontae Adams is still only 30, and Christian Watson's 25. So when you thought Christian Watson, you remember a while back, you thought Christian Watson was younger than he was. Like Devontae Adams was a young man developing in the NFL. And learning how to be all those things. Christian right. Watson is a fully developed man at 25 right. in the NFL. So my point being, they're they're only five years apart in age, and mm-hmm. you'd think it's much larger because Devonte uh, was been around longer. Right? Yes, right. so it's more the type of player. Christian Watson could still be a very dynamic and Pro Bowl caliber receiver, but being the precise route runner, his body style doesn't even really lend itself to that. That's my point. Like He's a big, tall, wide receiver. They're not usually the most precise route-running guys, but he is an explosive guy that can make massive plays for the Packers and be a great difference maker. So uh, I'm, I'm not saying that he couldn't be a Pro Bowl caliber guy, but that's still not the security blanket at times, maybe, that right. Donald Driver has well, was for Aaron Rodgers or that obviously 100%. Sterling Sharp. And that's what I'm getting at, that the Packers didn't do that for... He still might end up being a security blanket as far as, like... A guy who might be targeted, whether they're warranted throws or not. Like, I'm not sure who uh, Jordan Love is going to try. Like, is going to end up developing a relationship with. But it feels like most quarterbacks end up. Romeo Dobbs is who I'd bet on it. Kind of like have a guy. So you you think it's Romeo Dobbs? I think the way they're going to use Watson isn't going to be set up to be a security blanket because a security blanket. I, I see him being used kind of like a Mike Williams, but also. Burn him up the field. Try and get the ball at the high point. Be the big guy that you are, Christian Watson, and the fast guy that you are. Who do you think, like for an example, Kirk Cousins, I would say his security blanket is stealing. His yeah, home I run mean, now, is Jefferson. Actually, last year, I think he kind of shifted. I would say that Hawkinson ended up being his but security blanket last not, year. And then Thielen prior to that. So in this world, I don't, know if, I don't know if Watson has a Jefferson ceiling, but he's more of a Jefferson-type receiver. And... Dobbs, I think, would be more if we're trying to make the comp to right. a team we've seen a lot of, Minnesota. I, I think, honestly, I would bet on like Musgraves, the rookie tight end. Again, this is why there's just yeah. rookies everywhere. Is I where think Jones is going to have the, the most reception. Right, right. So, like, right. this is where you're not you're doing your quarterback a disservice. To what Gabe Neitzel said on the state of the Packers, we just heard the cut there, and I've seen this. I saw this in Chicago. You saw this in Chicago. Jerry Alexander picked off Justin Fields because St. Brown didn't run his route proper. He didn't break it fast enough, and he didn't. Black office receipt, like you're supposed to in that route. Right. Simple things. St. Brown's been in the league for a long time, and he still didn't run the route that he's supposed to run. He didn't break it at the right time, and he didn't box out the corner like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And that led to a pick. And so those are the things that are going to happen to Jordan Love this year with some of these guys. Just because they're learning. They're it's not going to be green. perfect. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that includes Watson. And that includes Dobbs. And that's where, again, a security blanket, having a – I just think the Packers put Jordan Love in a really tough position. You, it's going to be really tough. If I was going to be a conspiracy theorist, I'd say they're fine if Jordan Love fails. Fails in the same sense that, like, Rodgers failed in year one where he played well, but, no, fails but they like, had a bad like record. Fails or fails like, as in he's bad, the Packers are bad, we're And I don't think on. he's going to be terrible, but fails like he looks like Daniel Jones without the running. Like, we're not going to give – like, fails as in he's eight earning a second contract. Another one. Well, I guess a third contract. Is this yeah. kind of a new contract, Al? How would you count that with the restructure? Is that a second contract? With, with Love? Yeah. It's like a – it's a hedge, right? So he's only making $5 million this year, and then he'll make – I think it's 20 next year. 
but it's it's not which is a, still a bargain. Yeah, it's a steal. For a quarterback. It's a steal if he's good. If he's not, well, well, so find a way to change that. I mean, it's a steal if he's average, considering Daniel Jones is Correct. commanding forty-five. Correct. Right. Well, I guess that's what I. So I would say that if he's Daniel Jones with less running, that's a failure for the pick. It's tough because Daniel Jones is also is Daniel Jones a failure? It's tough to call him a failure. So without they the running, him. without the running. Yeah, that's true. I'm just like, yeah. 15 maybe. touchdowns, five interceptions for $40 million ain't it. No, no, for $40 million ain't it. You're right. So that's what I'm saying, that I think that they'd – if he looks like that, I, I don't know if they're going to be upset. They might just move on. Remember, Caleb Williams is sitting out there. Not the Packers are doing this, but he is being, count, he is being called the next can't-miss quarterback. It's like, yeah. I mean – do you think the in the back of his mind somewhere it's like, look, if Jordan Love stinks and just falls apart, whatever, we could end up with Caleb Williams. Do we put that? Would, it, that Clifford would be a guy in? you could be optimistic is about. Is Sean Clifford? <laughs> Start Sean Clifford. Just- Sean Clifford is being called by some. I think Homer called him this the worst backup quarterback maybe in the last twenty years in the NFL. Yeah, but that would that would ensure Caleb Williams. Right. If if Jordan Love <laughs> gets hurt. Yeah, you can't just bench. I mean, good God, you can't just bench. <laughs> Carson Wentz as a Packer before Sean Clifford seems meaningful snaps. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Do you think they bring in a veteran? I before think I no, I don't think they do unless Jordan Love. Like worst it's case scenario, God forbid, I'm putting this into the ether. But don't just don't. We uh, all know what you're going to say. If he misses, let's say four weeks, there's no way they're throwing Clifford out there for four weeks unless they're like two and eight. Here's the thing: if they do do it, if they do throw him out there, do do. I don't think it's that bad of a play. You're looking towards the future. He's not the future. Not Clifford, no, is it? But it K- Williams it might be. Like, to if the, case, the future is being bad enough right. to have the first overall like, pick. If, if they're 2-8 and eight and, and Love goes down with a, I don't know, a fractured thumb, like Rodgers did a year ago, um, and he actually misses time, significant time, right? Let's say it's, I don't know, whatever it is. No, four, no, it four, makes four weeks. And they're 2-8, and eight, sure, I'm fine with Clifford. But if they're 6-3... and three, and you're in a position to still very much win the division and make the playoffs, you're not throwing Sean Clifford out there. I just don't know how you find that reasonable. All right, and just clarifying. It's only stuff reasonable if you can have enough but it, it's to one get of these to the things first pick overall. Where you say it like this, like, in my heart of hearts, I'm thrilled the Bears were 1-7 in in one-score games last year. Because yeah, that's what, great for you guys. That's how they got the first overall pick. Also, yeah, shout they got out DJ to Moore. Love you, Smith, there with that. Well, also, let's not forget, and I don't know what Bryce Young's going to be, my optimism comes to the fact that they have Carolina's first round pick next year too. So, but yeah. <laughs> Jordan like, Love uh, will have a basically ten million dollars in yearly cash this year, and then six million dollars in yearly cash next year. Cap hit of four million dollars this year and seven point five next year, hmm. with a dead cap number that's pretty massive for both. So that's according to uh, SportTrack.com. So I have those numbers in front of me. He gets a workout bonus next year of a half million dollars for showing up. That sounds like uh, winning, and that's what uh, winners do. They go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison, over $10 million jackpots in July alone at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Excuse me, June. Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. It is July, and they're already over a couple million dollars in winners in July. Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Fucking optimism. So Realism. 
and pessimism here on Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. I'm Jim Rutledge, alongside Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton, Alex Strofe behind the glass, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. You can uh, chime in on our Iron Jock poll question, 844-770-3776. Do you believe the Packers will win more or less games than last year? It is a dead heat here. 51% of you say less, which means 49% of you say more. That means 49% of you are optimists, and the rest are either realists or pessimists. I would say it depends on your number. Yeah, it depends on your number, but that's realist or pessimist, right? Absolutely. Eight-win team, I think, is even bordering on optimism. Okay, what is, and this this is kind of a loaded question here, what do you think a optimistic look at this offense? You don't have to give me stats and stuff, but like just in general, what's clicking for this offense in an optimistic view? Like, ceiling for this offense this year. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't be what Aaron Rodgers did, but like for Jordan Love and this young group, what's the what's optimistic view of what they could do? Uh, like, I think, as far as just a record goes, I think like, Nine wins, having more wins than losses is an optimistic view. You've got. I want the offense, not forget wins and losses. I want to know the offense specifically. Like, you know, whether it's, you know, the young, you know, Jordan Love getting a good touchdown Mm -hmm. interception ratio, high completion percentage, big season from Aaron Jones. Like, forget wins and losses. Just. Just in general, like what are you watching for on the offense? Because I would love to see Jordan Love spread the ball around. Okay. Like, we have. Three, four pass catchers uh, and wide receiver that are all young that need to get reps. It would be great if like Dobbs and Watson ended up being like his main guys, but we want to see some of these younger guys get get thrown into the game too. I want to see these tight ends get involved. Uh, I think AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to need to run amok. They're going to like the whole. Success of Jordan Love, I think, is going to be based on defenses having to play loaded boxes, preparing for a run most plays. Like That's what I think is going to set up the Packers the most for success. So if the offensive line is humming and moving guys around and our running game is chunking yards away, four or five yards a carry, that's going to get... That's going to load that box and hopefully open up some one-on-ones for Jordan Love to play. So like that's where I think it's going to start. But then you're gonna need you're gonna need good ball movement and spreading the ball because these guys are young. They're not gonna be able to get open. So if Jordan Love can get through his progressions and get to that second, third receiver uh, in a, in his progression, we're going to one see Jordan Love actually running the offense the way it should be played, and two, you're gonna hopefully see all these receivers getting a, a touch of the ball and improving and working on in-game situations. So. Basically, uh, a uh, a optimistic view for you for this offense is that run game clicks, takes all the pressure off Jordan Love. He doesn't have to make any big throws in the game, make easy throws, keep the defense on their heels, yep. allowing the young guys to make plays when they're available, and the offense is just balanced, maybe a little run heavy, and it's an offense yeah. that as long as you're in a game or close, you can play. If you get down, you're kind of screwed, and I know the yeah. offense. Like, and so what about a realistic view of that? Offense. The realistic view is that defenses are going to know that we're going to try and run the ball. So running is going to be tough. I still think they're going to load the box and make it tough for them, and they're going to say, you're going to have to beat us with Jordan Love. And these wide receivers who, for all intents and purposes, don't know where they're running. Like They're not veterans. They're still learning the playbook. They are going to make mistakes. Like To count on them... 
even even one of the three or four guys who are going out for a pass to be in the right spot at the right time uh, during an uh, offensive play, it's not something you can absolutely bank on. So Jordan Love is he's going to have to be smart with the football, and he's probably going to have to eat a couple sacks. He's going to we're probably going to see him throwing the ball away more often than not, and it's that's like the realistic view. I just I think that uh, defenses are going to say, you know what. We know that your strength is your running game. We know your best players are your running backs. Beat us with your quarterback and beat us with your young wide receivers and tight ends. I I, I think that is a pretty fair look at it. That Honestly, I think realistically they're going to have some games where it all clicks, and then some games they're going to get behind and then they're screwed. And I think, like you said, there's going to be games where teams are going to take that stance, like we're going to stop the run, beat us with the pass, and Jordan Love's going to do it. But there's going to be games where he struggles. I think the bigger issue will be I don't think the defense is going to be good enough to be put on the field over and over again. So what's going to happen is by like middle of the third quarter, teams start putting it like we're up 13. Mm-hmm. And now the Packers are cooked because they can't go out and make up 13 points. So I yeah. think in a lot of these games, they might be in it to the start, or maybe start of the fourth quarter and a field goal's kicked and they're going from down 10 to down 13. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, that's nothing. Right. Jordan Love, it's probably another loss. It doesn't even mean he's bad. It just means that like this year, that ain't happening. So I don't, and to that point, I don't think it's necessarily going to be about getting the ball in the end zone as much for the the Packers. Obviously, that's how you score. That's how you win. The Packers to give themselves the best chance of winning, they're going to need to chunk some yards, get some first downs, decent time of possession. I think time of possession is going to be a big deal for the Packers this year if they can keep that defense off the field. So when they are on the field, they're fresh. You might be able to get away with some lower scoring games with this offense that might sputter at times. Absolutely, and uh, if they do sputter, we know what Alex Stroll will be doing. Yeah, I'll be drinking. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the matter of the fact, and I'll be drinking only the best. For my friends at Door County Distillery, locally produced, handcrafted, and award-winning spirits. Today, National Pina Colada Day. So we celebrated by filming Sipping with Stroh, episode three, part two, which is the Carlsville Colada Door County Distillery spin on it. You can find that recipe and all their craft cocktail recipes for free on their website, doorcountydistillery.com. You can also find all their great booze, whether it's the gin, whether it's the bourbon, any kind of their whiskey. They've got vodka. Uh, they've got the rum that you mix in that Carlsville Collada, all sorts of stuff, and it's available right here in your backyard. Just go to doorcountydistillery.com to find the retailer nearest you. That's doorcountydistillery.com. Come, more Rutledge and Hamilton right after this on ESPN Madison.